Cloud Nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. Side it's a three. In and out. Rebound. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Above the break. Here's Kevin Dana. Gary what up, folks? Welcome to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Taking your calls all hour long, 888-957-9570. You want to give us your Warriors King predictions? Hit us up. Again, that number, 888-957-9570. If you want to talk dubs, kings, or anything else relating to Golden State and the NBA playoffs. The Warriors 2022-23 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean and Gary. You've been calling for this series since I think maybe February, where you, you first thought that, hey, maybe it's going to match up perfectly. Golden State and Sacramento in the first round, this 3-6. Well, the Warriors kind of comfortably snuck in, if you will, into the playoffs on the last day, though they did not really face a whole lot of resistance over their final couple of road games. But we got the series you were looking for, not only the series that you were looking for, Gary, but I think the series a lot of people in the Bay Area and Central California were looking for with Sacramento and Golden State. Well, it's it's the first time that both teams have been in, Kev. And uh, since uh, my days coming in 89, and I remember when the Kansas City Kings came to Sacramento, uh, they weren't very good then. And uh, we made it uh, one of my, I don't know, first or sec- second year maybe when we played Seattle, we were the first Kings team to make it. And then they had a fabulous run with... Uh, Stoyakovich and Divac and Williams and Weber and all of those guys. And then you've had the run of the Warriors and the Kings were down. So uh, I've always thought about this because it's, it's, it hasn't been a real rivalry in the sense of playoff basketball, but it is special when you play the team that's only 90 miles up the road. And you know a lot of the people there and they've got great fans up there. They've had a great season. Mike Brown's done a great job. And I'm going to share with you that I, I think the Warriors are just in the right place at the right time. Uh, pretty darn healthy, playing pretty well, getting Wiggins back. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a fun couple of weeks. It, it really is, Gary. I mean, Golden One Center is going to be on fire on Saturday night. I mean, those fans have been waiting 17 years for a postseason series and they are great fans as you mentioned it is going to be electric and then some you, you mentioned this first time that Sacramento and Golden State have both been in the playoffs in the same year since they've both been in Northern California let alone facing each other in the playoffs this is also the first time that all five teams of a division excuse me have made the playoffs since the 2014-15 season when the Southwest Division sent all five of its constituents into the playoffs. And you touched on it, Gary. I think the Warriors are entering the playoffs playing their best basketball this season. They've won eight of ten. Four of those five on the road, winning four of their last five on the road after starting the season seven and twenty-nine on the road. Now, albeit two of those road wins were against teams sitting guys or tanking, whether it's Sacramento or Portland. But over the last ten games, Gary, the Warriors have had the second best defensive rating which is up from their middle of the pack 14th for the year, second-best net rating, and second-best offensive rating. So the numbers really bear it out. 
Well, those are telling stats, Kev. They really are. And uh, I think that the team uh, believes that they're they're getting at a high level at the right time. And I just think getting Wiggins back is, is going to be really big. And he doesn't need to come out and score a lot of points. And he doesn't have to play maybe his normal minutes. He'll build up. Uh, but to have this week to prepare, to get some rust out of the engine, uh, he is a quality, quality defender. And uh, you you could see him on anybody. You you could see him on Fox. You could see him on Herter. You could see him on Barnes. Uh, anything's possible there, Murray. And, and with that said, he's your best defender. There's no debate on it. Yeah, we're going to get into the matchups a little bit later on the show. I do want to spend the, the rest of this segment, though, kind of talking about how Golden State did get into the postseason, sneaking into that number six seed. They had the 22-point win over Sacramento. Now, there was no uh, De'Aaron Fox. There was no DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, there was no Kevin Herter. There was no Malik Monk in that game. And then uh, they blasted away the Portland Trailblazers 157-101. to I mean, that score doesn't even sound real uh, on Easter Sunday to get in the playoffs. And Gary, how about that first quarter to remember? An NBA record 55 points. They hit 12 threes, and they had 18 assists. I mean, as that one quickly turned into a laugher. Well, again, you point out that our man Dame Lillard's not playing, and, and uh, there are other guys that are of any significance, whether it's Nurkic or Grant. None of those guys are playing. So, uh, you know, you go up there, you've got purpose to play, and they're just out there to finish the season. And But you had when you get 18 assists, as you noted – that, that's really eye-awakening. You, you're really sharp. That ball's moving. Of course, you're moving it when guys are making shots. I mean, Clay makes five threes in the quarter, and you know, as you noted, uh, what, 12 for the quarter. And I just, there's a rhythm, and, and I think it's there. And it's, it's a week that you've got to prepare, but I think the guys have, have really locked in on, on their offense and, and their people movement and ball movement and touches and all that kind of thing. And when this thing is really clicking, you're getting opportunities because the defense is better, and then you're getting in the open floor and getting good looks there, and then you're also executing in the half court. So it's uh, it shines a bright light. And you spoke about those Clay Thompson five threes in the first quarter. He needed five to get the 300 for a season, making him the third player in NBA history to do so, Curry and Harden. He had mentioned after the win over Sacramento on Friday that he probably was going to shoot for the record, and, he, and it took him not very long to do it at all. And, I mean, I thought if he continued to roll like that in the first quarter, I would almost just kind of – let him go for as long as he's hot, even if the game is out of reach. That's personally how I feel. Of course, he, he did slow down as the game went on. He only made one more three. So he finished with 301 made threes this year. That uh, led the regular season. And just kind of another feather in the cap for Clay Thompson in his uh, return to form. Now, maybe he's not the same defensive player. He is not the same defensive player he was pre his two big ACL and Achilles injuries. But that offense that, that he brings, that perimeter shooting he brings, it's still very much there and then some. Well, that look in Clay Thompson's eye is something to behold. I, I just love when he gets that look, and uh, he was locked. And, you know, if he hadn't had these injuries, 
And if it wasn't such a blowout, you would have given them every attempt uh, to get out there yeah. and roll. I mean, have a huge Clay Thompson game. But uh, Steve and the guys did the right thing, getting them out of there. And uh, he did achieve the goal. And, and what an accomplishment. When you consider yeah. what he's been through, to be in the company of, of, of Steph and, and Harden, uh, it's a fantastic achievement. It is the sixth time that a player has hit more than 300 threes in a season. Steph has done it four different times. James Harden has done it once, and Clay has done it once. James Harden also hit 299, uh, 299 threes in the COVID shortened 1920 season. So he he probably he definitely would have gotten to 300 plus threes in a full 82 game season. There. One one last thing I do want to talk about before we head to break because we're not going to get a chance to talk about this guy a lot in the playoffs. I don't think. But Moses Moody had 25 points in this game, and I know it was against a lot of guys who spent the season down with me in the G League uh, who were playing for Portland, but. But he really had a nice finishing kick to the regular season. I, I'm still very optimistic about this guy's NBA's future. He, he's going to be 21 in about a month and a half. Uh, we'll see if he gets spot minutes in the playoffs. But for a guy who had a, a tough time staying in the rotation, you know, other players getting minutes over him, whether it was a, a Ty Jerome, an Anthony Lamb, a Jamichael Green, obviously those are all different positions. But I thought Moses Moody really stuck with it and, and finished strong. Yeah, I think he re- earned the respect of his the coaches and his teammates. Uh, I read comments from Steve about what a pro he's been, his putting in his work every day and learning from the veteran guys. And you and I have talked about his improvement during the course of this year. I I think he's got a really solid basketball IQ. Uh, He understands both ends of the court very well. We can see he's a good scorer. Uh, I'm not telling you he's going to be a a starting wing player for you, but I sure would be happy to have him in my rotation. And uh, he's really had a heck of a year. And you know, who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs. I hope everybody stays healthy, but the fact you're going to have a guy like that that could be your, I don't know, ninth, tenth guy this year in your rotation in the playoffs, that's pretty darn good. The 2023 playoffs presented by Kaiser Permanente are just around the corner. Single game tickets are available now. Sign up to be a Warriors insider for pre-sale access throughout the playoffs. Visit warriors.com for all playoffs ticketing information today. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to break down this Sacramento Golden State series and maybe give some predictions along the way as well. Also, taking your calls, 888-957-9570, right here on 95.7 The Game. Every member of Dub Nation has a seat at this table. If everybody would please take your seats. The Warriors Roundtable has returned on 95.7 The Game. Knocked it down straight on for about 28 feet. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Live the sweet life during the 2023 playoffs. Reserve your playoff suite today. Suites include VIP parking and inclusive food and beverage. Learn more at chasecenter.com slash suites. Welcome back to Warriors Roundtable here on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean, and we want to hear from you. Hit us up, 888-957-9570, as we break down Warriors Kings, and we have a caller out in Oakland. Gene in Oakland wants to talk Warriors Kings. Gene, what's going on? Hey, fellas. First first off, uh, hey, Coach, uh, it was great meeting you finally at uh, the Bay Street opening in Emeryville a couple weeks ago. Anyway. 
That was fun, I Gene. Remember that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's nice meeting uh, somebody that grew up with the Celtics dynasty as I did. So, anyways, <laughs> good stuff. Doug, I got a question for you. I got a question for you, Coach. Um, looking at this last game uh, against Sacramento. I heard along the way afterwards that this was uh, the team they put out there was supposed to be their best defensive team. You know, that the three starters, the three stars that sat, uh, none of them are particularly good defenders. Um, you know, in fact, they only have one quality defender that I know about, and that's Davion Mitchell. So I'm wondering, uh, you know, and maybe I'm too, being too simplistic, but why shouldn't we be able to put up, uh, say, 130, 135 points a game against these guys and with just a reasonable amount of defense, be able to stop them. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I think you're right on, and you're right on about Mitchell. I think we'll see him maybe 10 minutes uh, each night uh, trying to guard Steph. His problem is he struggles to shoot the ball, although better in the second half of the year. Uh, we're not letting the cat out of the bag. They're, they're not a real good defensive team, and, and the Warriors have played well the last 10 games, but they've had problems during the course of the year. So I would take the over. I think you're right on. I think the scores could be 130 to 125. I think it's going to be the most fun series to watch in the entire first round. And, uh, yeah, they don't have a lot of great individual defenders, nor do they have... Uh, Great team concepts, but keep in mind, Mike Brown knows the Warrior system inside and out. They'll try to take away certain things, uh, trying to make other people beat them. Matchups are so important in the playoffs. It, it's just going to be a, a ton of fun. I, I can't wait for it, but you make a great point, Gene. Gene, thanks for the call. And to Gene's point and Gary's point, here are the numbers on Sacramento's defense this year. They're 24th in defensive rating. They are 29th in opponent field goal percentage, 26th in opponent three-point percentage, and 25th in opponent scoring. So uh, those numbers aren't good. And, of course, Mike Brown has made his hay throughout the vast majority of his career as a defensive coach. But this time he has produced the most potent offense in NBA history by the numbers, by offensive rating at uh, 118.6, one of the most efficient offenses of all time. That being said, with kind of the, the, the bad defense and the electric offense, I mean, there's going to be much more kind of a, a game plan focus for these series as there were as opposed to regular season meetings when you're playing three, sometimes four different teams in a week where the, the entire focus of this Kings coaching staff is going to be on Golden State. So, well, I, I do think the tendency is to think that, you know, first to 130 wins and look maybe we get a, a repeat of that incredible series 20 years ago between the Sacramento Kings and the Dallas Mavericks in the second round one of the best series uh, one of the most entertaining series I've ever seen they had that like 143 139 double or triple overtime game just a just an incredible series well I think yeah we'll get some of those games but I, I don't think it's going to be first to 130 every game at, at least that's just my initial take on this you know what's going to be fun, Kev, is you've got two great fan bases. And yeah. uh, I, I was on 1140 yesterday up there talking about the old days with the cowbells. And uh, the other coaches used to complain to me about the fact that they were having their huddles down there at the other end of the, of the court. They couldn't even hear each other. It was that loud. 
And you imagine how fired up they're going to be after all these years. So great environment here at Chase, great environment up there. Uh, we always uh, point out the fact that the role players tend to play better at home. Their role players, I, Kev, I, I, quite clearly our bench is better than the, the Kings bench. There isn't any debate there. And, uh, you know, then you get into matchups. You brought up the point that you're going to have a lot of time all week to study. Um, there's individual tapes or videos that are presented to all the players uh, by position. And then they look at all of the offense and at the tendencies. Then they look at their defense and where the Warriors have had success, where they think they can attack a little better. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. They're going to go at pool, and the Warriors are going to go at Herder. Uh, and then we can expand the list from there. Maybe Murray would be a guy they'd attack. One guy I got a lot of respect for, he's a smart basketball player, is Harrison Barnes. Yep. So bonus is a huge key in that he tends to be a little bit foul prone. And I would think they'd get him involved uh, in pick and roll action and seeing how he's doing there. He tends to reach or move on screens. And Fox is a different dude. He, he's he's fast. He's lefty, and man, he plays downhill. He's gonna be he's gonna be the primary matchup, uh, backed up by Sabonis. Yeah, one of the fastest players in the NBA. Also, one of the best quotes around the NBA. Great with the media, De'Aaron Fox. Gary, would you agree with me in saying this? You take I mean, if you're just looking point guard, point guard, shooting guard, shooting guard, and down the list. And of course, we're gonna have cross matches, but like. Position by position, I would take four Warriors out of the five. You'd probably put Sabonis over Looney. No no discredit to Looney, but DeMontis Sabonis, three-time All-Star, had a heck of a season. Uh, Curry over Fox, Clay over Herter, Wiggins over Barnes. Uh, if the, And we'll get into that question, assuming Wiggins starts, Draymond over Keegan Murray. And then if you were to create a starting five between those two teams, you'd probably take two kings with Fox and Sabonis along with the foundational pieces for Golden State, Curry, Clay, and Draymond. Do you have any qualms there? No, very fair breakdown. Now, those two guys, to me, you could debate them being third team all pro. That's how good a year yeah. they had each uh, individually. When you get past uh, Embiid and Jokic, you, I don't know, Kev, you tell me who's a better center than Sabonis. I, I love watching this guy play basketball. Yeah. I go back to when his dad came to Portland. We tried to get him years ago to come to the Warriors, and we were in the in the battle with Portland, and we lost out. But uh, he was at the tail end of his career, and my gosh, could he pass. So the blood uh, bloodlines got passed along to the sun, and uh, he's had a tremendous year. Do you remember what the deciding factor was for Arvidas Sabonis and going to the Blazers over Golden State? You know, I really don't. Stu Inman was up there then, Jack Ramsey, and uh, I don't know, maybe it was closer to home, more direct flight. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we were all excited. I remember sitting there with Nelly and watching this uh, black and white old three-quarter inch tape of him playing in, in the Soviet Union back then. And, uh, of course, he was a teammate of, we later on got Sharunas, but they were teammates and uh, both from Lithuania. But, uh, I mean, holy moly, what a player. Yeah, I mean, one of, the, one of the kind of few passing big men of his time who had that kind of like perimeter skill, step out and shoot it, just a heck of a player. I think kind of, you know, I wasn't old enough to see him 
as you know in his prime watching the the grainy black and white footage that that you saw of him in the USSR but I mean I I think NBA fans kind of got cheated out of seeing the peak Arvidas Sabonis because by the time he came to the NBA his body had already kind of started to break down Uh, you're right on and and you know he's he and Sharunas and some of those guys were the first guys to come over and play and they set uh, they set the table for all these guys now that uh, are here. And uh, boy, you talk about respect in the basketball world. Uh, he had it. And you're right. He was probably playing at about twenty percent efficiency, and yet you marveled at his skill level. Yeah, he was such a skilled, skilled big. Anyways, let, let's move beyond the starters into the projected kind of rotation players off the bench. I mean, for Sacramento, if you're going to say a team's going nine deep, it, it's definitely you know Malik Monk, Trey Lyles, Davion Mitchell, and I guess you throw in a, a Terrence Davis, maybe a Chemezi Metu. Meanwhile, for Golden State, pretty kind of delineated top nine with Poole, DiVincenzo, Kaminga, and Payton off the bench. To me, Gary, I'd give the Warriors the edge in three out of four of kind of the top four spots off the bench. If you could have four bench players combined from those benches, I, I think you're taking three Warriors uh, and Malik Monk. That That's how I see it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Monk reminds me a little bit of Poole. Very inconsistent. And uh, yeah. Monk, to me, is the wild card. I think when he plays well, uh, they score an awful lot. And he's a nifty passer, Kev. He sees the floor very well. And, uh, of course, we've seen Poole, you know, one for 10, and then we turn around and see him go for 30. So, yeah, you know, we'll see how he does. DiVincenzo, to me, is very big because he's a guy that has the capabilities, along with Peyton, to guard Fox for a while, and I think that's going to be very important. Kaminga, hey, what can you say? Uh, the chance to start and the play at the level that he's played, uh, just happy for the guy. He, he's really come along great. And Peyton, you know who he reminds me of, Kev, from Ooh. our day uh, way back when? He reminds me a little bit of Mario Ellie in that Ooh, the guy okay. is a stone-cold winner, and all of his teammates love him. And he does all the intangible things you need from a player to help you win. He's just cherished by his coaches and teammates. And you don't see that a lot. I, that's why I have so much respect for the guy. And uh, he brings a lot of smiles to the Warrior team and to the fans. CBA legend, Mario Ah, Lally. there you go. The and- Albany Patroons. They're formerly coached by Phil Jackson way back and in And when he was there... Uh, we we signed him and Vincent Askew, and George Carl was the oh, coach. Yeah, wow that that that's quite the the coaching tree that the Albany Patroons have. George yeah. Carl and and Phil Jackson from the same CBA team. By the way, speaking of George Carl, quick aside, big shout out to his son Kobe Carl, who won the G League title as head coach of the Delaware Blue oh, Coats for him. last week. Kobe, a really good guy. I've had a chance to really get to know him over the years as a G League player and now a G League head coach. But one last thing on Mario Eli. You mentioned the comparison between him and GP2. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember the little I remember of Mario Eli from watching him at the end of his career. He was a really good corner three-point shooter too, much like Gary Payton, correct? Yeah, that's, that's true. And able to guard guys his own size, but also able to guard bigger guys. We're playing the San Antonio Spurs, and Terry Cummings uh, is playing power forward for Larry Brown. 
They got David Robinson. And I don't know if it was a two versus seven or whatever, but we beat him and Mario guarded him, uh, Cummings. And boy, he put his New York City nose right in there. And, uh, you know, he and Mully played for a year in high school together. And uh, I go back to drafting him with the Milwaukee Bucks. He played at American International College in Springfield, Massachusetts. Jimmy Laranega also coached there. And wow. uh, so Mario is one of my all-time favorite guys. Man, that is, that is quite some history that uh, I did not know about Mario Ellie. Good stuff. That's why we have you here on Warriors Roundtable. Two rings saying, for him. Two rings. Two rings for sure. I. Getting back to this series, though, and I do want to bring up the question of Andrew Wiggins because earlier today, Steve Kerr, Stephen Curry, Kevon Looney gave rave reviews of Andrew Wiggins in his scrimmages the past two days. It looks like he's trending towards playing in game one. We'll, we'll see. They haven't made an official ruling one way or another. But, Gary, if you're bringing back Andrew Wiggins, this is a guy who's basically started his entire career, if he's good to play, are you starting him? Or are you doing what you did with Stephen Curry last year when he came back for a game one against the Denver Nuggets, bringing him off the bench? Well, obviously, you have a discussion. I think it's between Bob and Steve and and uh, and the player, and Wiggins in this case. And uh, My hunch is that he'll start. And, uh, it, and to Mine me, too. it's about him as an athlete, as a terrific defender. And you want to set that tone early in the series. And... It takes some pressure off him to be on the floor with Steph and Clay uh, because they've been playing so well that you just need to do your job moving the ball, make good cuts, and then get back there and defend. That'd be my hunch, but what do I know out here in Danville? <laughs> that that would be my hunch as well, though, too, because, yeah, just the, the, that's what Wiggins has done. Now, obviously, Curry's... Uh, starter through and through and that, that was a, a special circumstance because Poole was really rolling with that starting unit but I, I think yeah Andrew Wiggins likely going to come back and start just wanted to get your perspective on this what about playoff experience how much do you think that will play a role yeah. because we all know about the the playoff experience that Golden State has let's take a look at Sacramento's playoff experience Demontis Sabonis has never gotten out of the first round three different trips of course, Harrison Barnes, remember his two NBA Finals appearances with Golden State. Kevin Herter's played in 18 playoff games, had that run to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago and was huge in Game 7 against the Philadelphia 76ers in that upset win when he was with the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Lyles has played five playoff games over two years but zero rotation minutes. Terrence Davis played in six playoff games with Toronto Raptors in the 2020 bubble, and Malik Monk has one play-in game with Charlotte. And Matthew Dellavedova is not part of their rotation, so I'm not counting him. That's it as far as guys in the rotation who have significant playoff experience. So obviously the experience edges with Golden State. How much do you think that will play a role in this series, Gary? Well, I think it's big. Uh, Kev, you're going to help me here, but I think, what was it, in 27 straight series? Uh, yep. They've won a road game. Well, why do That's you win it. road games in the playoffs? Because you have veteran experience that doesn't get rattled. And these guys know what it's all, all about. And I think we're going to see that. I think they're going to get a split there up in Sacramento. And uh, I, I just think it's really big because you understand the physicality, the change in the game, 
the the focus that's needed every play uh, it, if you're not uh, in into it uh with much experience it can really rattle you it, it can, can can get you and uh you know i've seen it a lot of times you know i was privileged to be on the bench i think for 89 uh playoff games and uh i've seen a lot of guys emerge and and play terrific and i've seen some guys you just feel bad for them and and that's just the way it is yeah we will see whether De'Aaron Fox can step up to the challenge, yeah. his first ever postseason, it'd be really interesting to see. I, I mean, I think he's going to have a great series. He is such an electric player. You, you mentioned that stat, Gary. 27 straight playoff series with at least one road win. Considering the Warriors started the season 7-29 and on the road and finished 11-30, and obviously a, a, a ghastly road record for a defending champion and, and and playoff team you I mean you you just said they're gonna get a split in Sacramento that's what you think but you have reason for optimism it sounds like that despite all the road woes this year that the Warriors can find a different road gear in the postseason despite kind of their last two road wins coming against against teams who weren't really putting out their best lineups well I think uh October, November, December, January feels like an eternity ago. And yeah. uh, you brought out what they've done the last 10 games. And that, to me, is the product right there. And uh, the fact that Peyton's now healthy and playing and in the rotation, and I think Wiggins will be ready to go uh, on that defensive end, that's huge in the playoffs. Uh, and you know what? Then... The key will be rebounding. You and I have talked about their inability to get to the free throw line and committing a lot of fouls. Those are going to be key areas of concern. But I, I just really think the experience of playing in these series, the, the, they just you can't teach that. And uh, it's something they have and they know how to win. One more thing on this series, bulletin board material. I want to bring this up and how much this could be a factor because Katie Christensen, the great Sacramento Kings color commentator, does some uh, reporting as well around the team, uh, reported that Harrison Barnes told her that Draymond's comments about the Kings were making rounds in Sacramento's locker room. Those comments, of course, he said on his podcast, he'd prefer to play Sacramento because of the travel with respect to a playoff series. Also complimented the team very much, said they're a very good team. It's strictly from a travel standpoint. Earlier this year, on another podcast he said it was tough to get up to play the kings this was before the season started mind you tough to get up to play teams like the kings because they hadn't been good in so long now is that something that can really kind of galvanize the opponent gary well one thing you you can count on with draymond is is some kind of uh comment that's going to be uh taken well or (laughs) debated and uh, in this case, I, I, hey, I don't. That's a veteran move by Harrison, uh, and I think he shares that with the young guys, maybe to tell them, hey, they don't respect us, and we're playing at home these first two, and we got to take care of business. Let's get the first one, and we'll, nothing will make us feel more happy than to make Draymond be quiet. And uh, so, sure, I, I would use that. Maybe the coaches will use it too. Uh, you know, Mike knows Draymond uh, like uh, very few do. They have a very uh, strong relationship. Uh, I'm a big fan of Doug Christie's, who's got a lot of playoff experience up there. And uh, 
So they're trying to educate their guys what this is all about. But trust me, when when uh, when you've got Murray as a rookie out there and you're in the paint and there's loose balls and Looney is the best in the league at offensive rebounds and what he does, Kev, is he keeps his hands below his chest, down around yep. his waist, and watch how strong he is moving people to create space because he's not going to jump over anybody. And nope. watch watch the two of them. Both Draymond and Kavan, they're two of the best pick setters in the entire league. Maybe they move a little bit, and maybe they'll get away with a few of those in the playoffs. And, and you know, you, you analyze all the strengths and weaknesses of each individual player. And Harrison, having played with these guys, he, he, can, he and Mike can really bring a lot to the table, both individually and as a team, you know, what the strengths and weaknesses are. Dub Nation 2023-24 season tickets are available now. Select seats for all Warriors home games during the playoffs, plus additional perks. Call 888-GSW-HOOP or visit warriors.com to learn more. We'll take a break. When we come back, our predictions on the Warriors-Kings series, plus a look around the rest of the NBA playoff and play-in landscape. Right here after this break on 95.7 The Game. If you've just joined us, don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Curry behind the back. Wait, stops it, pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the white sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Take a look at our upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. Game one against Sacramento Saturday in our state's capital. 5 p.m. airtime, 5.30 tip on 95.7 The Game with it. Roy and Jim Barnett. Game two, Monday, April 17th in Sacramento, 6.30 airtime, 7 p.m. tip time. The series returns to San Francisco for Chase Center, Game 3, Thursday, April 20th, 6.30 on air, 7 p.m. tip time, Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert. Game 4, Sunday, April 23rd, 12.30 p.m. tip time, 12 p.m. on the air. And then Game 5, if necessary, at Sacramento would be Wednesday, April 26th. Time to be determined. Well, we got about five minutes left here on Warriors Roundtable. Kevin Dana, Gary St. Jean with you. Before we kind of take a quick look at some other NBA play-in and playoff scenarios Gary, your prediction on Warriors-Kings? Six games, Warriors. That's what I got, too. I think the Warriors do take either games one, two, or five. They're going to take one of those three on the road, and I think they'll be perfect in Chase Center for this first-round series, setting up a second-round matchup with, I am going to say, the Memphis Grizzlies. I got them beating the Lakers in six games. What What's kind of one series that you're looking forward to watching beyond Sacramento and Golden State? Well, I'll be honest with you. That That's my favorite, and I don't know. Maybe Cleveland and New York, I think, will be an old-school kind of game. Uh, yeah. I think the Celtics and the Hawks will be very, very high scoring. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that the Clippers even have a good chance to beat the, the Suns without George. I, I, I just yeah. don't feel it. And I know we're going to go through the rest of them, but I would say those are my favorites. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, th- I think the, those would be some certainly some some interesting storylines in those games. How about you? You mentioned the Hawks and Celtics. How about Atlanta last night, just dominating the Miami Heat, uh, the Boy. first time an eight seed defeated a seven to become the seven seed, as they really kind of didn't give them much life. I mean, Miami cut it to three in the second half at one point, but Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, and company, Clint Capella, twenty-one rebounds. They really handled Miami. Yeah, I, I thought their bigs were the difference in the game, and I just didn't see a lot uh, of urgency with uh, with the Heat, which shocked me. They, you know, they pride themselves on great effort, physicality, execution, and they uh, they had a bad night. Yeah, that they did. How about the other play-in game last night? A wild ending oh. at Crypto.com between the Lakers and the Timberwolves. Worst late-game offensive execution I've seen in a while. Wow. I mean, Anthony Edwards had a night to forget. But from the 6-0-1 mark of the fourth quarter through the final you know, 6-0-1 of the fourth and five minutes of overtime, the Minnesota Timberwolves, in 11 minutes and one second, scored seven points. Well, maybe they needed Big Rudy in the low post. Uh or McLaughlin or somebody, because they, they were horrendous. They, they really were. And uh, before that, they had played well. I, I, I was impressed uh, with Towns. He did a great job. But um, your story with Edwards, my gosh, that was shocking to me. Uh, so that was just a, a pretty darn poor performance. And on the other side of the coin, LeBron makes the three, and then he comes out of the timeout on the right side, Drives hard, draws the defense to him, and pitches it over to Schroeder, who uh, made the three, and he had 18 in the second half. So uh, the Lakers hung in there, and again, it's the home team getting a big win. Yeah, that was uh, quite the the finish. I, I know it wasn't pretty basketball, but I, I like those ugly muck it up games. Oh, I, I do mean, too. They're, they're, there's a lot on the line, obviously, and and I never mind kind of a first to ninety in regulation wins <laughs> kind of game. I grew up on late nineties Eastern Conference basketball, Heat there Knicks. So that, that was my basketball growing up. So I I am all for it. Gary, we got one minute left. Did you happen to have the TV on to Chicago Toronto while we were doing the show? Uh, yeah, I mean the first half they looked horrible. They were down twenty points. I thought Toronto was going to blow him out, and then Levine really got going. DeRozan was struggling. Uh, nobody, But you know the guy that I still love, and I love that he wears the headband, is Caruso. And uh, yeah. they pull out the win, great win for them, and uh, you know they'll, they'll move to play another day. I, I was shocked with Toronto, though, at home. Yeah, uh, Toronto had a 19-point lead at one point yeah. early in the second half. They were up 66-47 at one point. They lose 109-105. Pascal Siakam had three free throws to tie it up with yes. 12 seconds to go oh. and missed two of them. Zach Levine, 39 to lead the way for the Bulls. They'll take on Miami on Friday. New Orleans and Oklahoma City going on right now. That'll do it for us today. A big thank you to Mark Grandy behind the glass for producing this show for Gary St. Jean. I'm Kevin Anna. Big thank you to R.C. Davis and Marika Cleto on the Golden State Warriors side of things. We will talk to you next week right here on 95.7 The Game. Have a good evening, everyone. You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry brings it through. One hand three. Up and good. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. That and nailed it. 95.7 The Game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.